When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. 36-36 tie in overtime. Chiefs first down and goal to go. Mahomes looks to throw it, pump faking, right side, he wants it, a comeback cut, it is caught by Kelsey, touchdown, Kansas City, one of the greatest duos in the history of the National Football League, Patrick Mahomes to Travis Kelsey on a push fake comeback, and the Chiefs have won this incredible divisional playoff game in overtime. Incredible the word. What a 48 hours of football. You've relished in it. You've talked about it around the water cooler. You want more of it. We'll see if next weekend can uh, can top that. Doubtful, but welcome into a Monday. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. That pained Elijah to air because Elijah's a lifelong Denver fan. That was more greatness from Kansas City. Man, we can start a hundred different places, but when it comes to recency, the Bills and the Chiefs shoot out one for the one for the ages. Uh, we can talk about uh, how you uh, soaked in football all over this weekend. You can dial us up at 46637. 76 466 3776 800 825 5865 Husker football on our minds as well. Greg Smith going to be with us in 20 minutes. Recruiting insider with Hale Varsity. How did the junior day go? How did the official visits soak in? And what's Nebraska's reality when we look ahead to Omaha and the state of Nebraska keeping really talented home prospects? Home. We'll check in with Greg Smith on that. He's a lifelong Bengals fan. I know like three Bengals fans in my life. The Burrow family, for obvious reasons. Zach Taylor, for obvious reasons. Uh, Chris Whitney, dear friend. Uh, just He likes Cincy growing up. And then there's Lars Anderson. Our friend, Lars Anderson, uh, sports radio personality down in Birmingham, part of Alabama. Uh, University of Alabama and uh, New York Times bestselling author Lars found a way into Nissan Stadium. Found a way into Nissan Stadium on Saturday uh, afternoon. Uh, I was down at the Haymarket with our old buddy Jay Moore and his folks, and they're awesome to watch football with, man. And there's a few folks swearing. I'll straight. They were they were wearing Andy Dalton jerseys. I mean, there's some old school OG Cincy fans at the bar. Any Carson Palmer jerseys? That was I my guy. I see, and I and that there was a there was a window there, right, with Ocho Cinco and mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So, I mean, since he was like good and prolific at scoring with Carson Palmer, and then the big uh, hairy dude fell on his knee in the playoff game back in like 09 or 2010. Yeah. Yep. And that was it for Cincinnati. Yeah. And it, it really felt like that Eric still could never get over the hump of the Steelers. No. That, I mean, that was the Steelers, like Ben still, Roethlisberger in his prime. They could just never get over that home. No, and, and they ended any any window. They broke the window for Cincinnati. And then mm-hmm. here's Zach Taylor fighting to keep his job. He gets Chase uh, in the first round, and he gets Burrow as a rookie. And he comes – who plays this well, this young, off of a knee injury? Uh, Joe Burrow. Uh, so that was incredible to see what Cincinnati did in Tennessee – uh, we both thought, look, Burrow could be really, really good on the road. That's a lot to ask. Don't ask Tannehill to, to do anything other than just not wreck the car, and Tannehill wrecked the car on top of the familiarity when it comes to, to Zach Taylor and Tannehill coaching him in Miami and obviously recruiting him to A&M. So there was that little uh, inside baseball. So that game was, was fantastic. You had the elements and the pass rush of of San Francisco and Bosa and Armstead. Listen, I don't. I love watching Aaron Rodgers play. Aaron Rodgers otherwise is kind of a, a whiny wear out. He's just a little too mysterious for me. So as many Packer fans as I know, I wasn't that sad. What I don't want, sorry Niner fans, is San Francisco back in the Super Bowl with Jimmy G. I mean, I'm I'm kind of Rams or bust. Watching the Rams yesterday. <sighs> I was, you know, Cam Akers was a five-star running back at Florida State. Cam Akers is incredible. And I'm like, how the hell was this guy a second-round pick? And then I'm like, oh, (laughs) he's a fumbler at the goal line. And then Sue rips his arm off and Levante recovers it. And and Tampa's in business. Some thoughts on Brady and the Bucks. I was pulling because of the Nebraska connection for Tampa, but I really lo- I respect McVeigh and the Rams. I think they're fun. And then you get to last night, Elijah, and everyone can say this game's drunk. It truly was. It was Ted Kennedy hammered with <laughs> with with that many points <laughs> in that window of time. I mean, here's the sequence, right? And I I'm sitting there laughing with what I'm watching, like. I'm laughing in amazement, in disbelief. And we're talking two good defenses. What was what was painful to watch? It was painful to watch Tom Brady try and drop back and throw the football against the Rams' pass rush. Really painful to watch Joe Burrow try and drop back and survive nine sacks. He did it, somehow. And then you have what was going on with two really good defenses that had just a different level of mobility in Allen and Mahomes extend to make plays. A minute 54, it's fourth and 13, touchdown. You go for two, you find Diggs, you're up. 29-26. Never fear, the cheetah is here. And you have a little simple dig route turn into a 64-yard sprint session to give Kansas City the lead. That's with, with a minute two left. Well, you go six plays, 75 yards for Buffalo, 13 seconds remain. You think that is the ultimate dagger, 36-33. Who is able to drive 44 yards in 13 seconds? Mahomes, with a little help from some mismanagement by Buffalo. 
and you get overtime, and then you don't see the ball in overtime. There's so many things to talk about today. Rodgers' future, Brady's future, the, the greatness that was last night in, in Kansas City, 42-36 to 36 in overtime, the overtime rules, the quarterbacks you've been witnessing. And we'll cover it all. Lars Anderson with us in 25 minutes. Coach McBride will chime in. And I could just see Charlie from his lazy boy reaching for for Tums as a defensive coordinator trying to shut down these offenses, these quarterbacks. Imagine that. Uh, Eric Warfield, uh, Chief Standout, Husker Hall of Famer, going to be with us. And the man that banged the drum to lead the Chiefs out, we're scheduled to have, Hall of, well, should be Hall of Famer and Husker Hall of Famer, Neil Smith with us about 540. And did, did you see that video of him banging the drum? Well, did you see what he did? He unzipped his coat, and he had his, his, his partner in crime for so many years, sacking quarterbacks Derek Thomas his Derek mm. Thomas tribute I thought that was incredible and then he was so hyped up to be banging this drum he broke the first stick I know they had to hand him a second <laughs> stick second stick while he's banging no, man, that's Neil Smith man incredible ball player for Nebraska for Coach McBride and Neil was going to town on that big old drum <laughs> yeah. and he just he just kept hammering and hammering and hammering and hammering and yeah, they, it's like he's still banging away, and he's it's like he's uh, he's John Bonham reaching for another drumstick in the middle of the uh, the Zeppelin solo, right? <laughs> so they got to hand Neil another another uh, you know drumstick to just fire away on that thing. the The request has been made by by Junior. It's like, hey, Dad, let's go to Kansas City this weekend. It's like, when did we start planting freaking money trees? <laughs> <laughs> you take the kid in December and tell, it's a, tell him it's you know an early Christmas gift uh, for the Vegas Chiefs ball game, and now he wants to go to the AFC Championship. Why not? Hey, now it's on you, bud. Start selling some shoes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm going to tell pray, pray for some snows so you can go out and shovel. <laughs> Listen, the, the, the kid never responds to me, but... I get a text message at 11 today. Hey, hey, did you get on Ticketmaster? Hey, did you, did, you, did you order seats yet? I'm like, dude, they're 500 bucks. They're row 300. And I'm not putting my pinky in the air. The last time I was at the uh, Chiefs game against Cincinnati, I took my dad. And it was Zach Taylor's first game. It was a preseason game. And it was incredible. Great setup. We're a ways up. But most of the time when I go to the, go to a Chiefs game, it's preseason because that's what our station will get as a Chiefs affiliate. You know, KFOR is a Chiefs affiliate. You're proud home for Kansas City. So they'll they'll give us a preseason game to, to go to once in a while, pre-Super Bowl, and that's okay. And we'll we'll give away some to, to listeners. It's usually an August giveaway. Well, uh, did that for Dad, and we had an amazing time. Did that with some friends for Seattle, because Carson and my wife like Seattle. This is a whole different ball game. Like the last time we, we were down there about, you know, a month ago, we were in, you know, uh, section 109, row row 15. It was incredible, right where the visitors came out. Incredible angled seats uh, and no complaints. And it was, it was, it was just fantastic. This, you're going to be lucky to get into the, the building for, for under 550. And, it, and I just don't feel like dropping a, a, a 11, I'll be honest with him, he's not been in good enough graces to go with me. He'll take your producer Elijah instead. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll take my other favorite son. 
Well, the thing is about this next game is getting the, the nosebleeds might be the way to go because if you go sit lower bowl, you're at risk of uh, Patrick Mahomes' brother and wife pouring champagne all over you. Dude, I would just turn my head up and just oh go, ah, I well, would just, well, it's free drink. Did you hear the, 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 the funniest part about that video? Tell me, because I, I, Greg Smith put out a tweet earlier on Sunday. He's like, well, I wonder what we'll get from, from Patrick's brother tonight. Yeah, it was, it was them pouring champagne all over the section below them. And the funniest thing about that, not funniest, but ironic, is that uh, there was a large there group. There minors. No, there was a large group of uh, Kansas City's Alcoholics Anonymous oh my sitting in the God. section below them. <laughs> no, they put up a thing. Are on you the, serious? They put up a thing on the score before the game. Like, we welcome uh, uh, a group of Kansas City's Alcoholics, Alcoholics Anonymous members sitting in section 120 and right below the Mahomes box oh, is no. section 120. Oh no! That you can't write that. You can't. Write that was not that. intentional. I pray. I I hope that it was just straight up tone deaf awareness by the Mahomeses. I mean, we said last week. Yeah, you just got to lock up Jackson Mahomes at this point. <laughs> you just drank dart and drag him away. <laughs> this was awesome. Incredible weekend, and I don't know that it gets topped. But it, it's what makes things great. And. Wow, uh, just fantastic. Let's hear from, from Josh Allen specifically. Uh, just electric in defeat. And that's what you have on Sundays. That's why this league is printing ratings, printing money. And it is incredible. You have Mahomes, you have Allen, you have Burrow. Stafford's still kind of an old guy. You still have Brady, you still have Rodgers. But uh, let's get some thoughts from Josh Allen, uh, specifically here uh, on the overtime rules, because we'll go there in a minute. The rules are what they are, and I can't complain about that, because if it was the other way around, um, you know, we'd be, we'd be celebrating too. So um, it is what it is at this point. So class act, Josh Allen, loved watching him play here when Wyoming came to town. And that's the other thing. Think about watching football. Think about sporting events you've either attended or watch parties or going with your family or your best friend. That's You remember those moments, either in the stadium or at a watering hole or in your basement and you're, and you're watching. You remember it so well as Nebraska fans for a lot of the great years. Well, you've got a, a strong appetite for for the NFL, a lot of you, but be, be it a Packer fan, Denver, Kansas City, Vikings, whatever, I'm not tied to a team, so I just kind of sit and watch without any heartache. Used to love Miami, Marino, and company haven't been worth a damn for a while, so I'm just not going to hurt myself. But I'll go. I don't own any Chiefs gear. I'll go watch Kansas City and just enjoy the soak in the atmosphere and the greatness. I mean, pro ball players at that level. Or I'll go to Denver with pharmacist Jeff from time to time and, and go see that. That's That's been a lot of fun over the years, you know? But what was really cool last night for that moment in time before hearts were broken for Bills fans was Josh Allen's dad and like 60 family members in a suite. And dad's hugging, Josh Allen's father's hugging family. And and whoever's in that suite, and it's just elbow to elbow, and it's it's over, right? There's 13 seconds left. Joshy, just like he did in the backyard when he was nine, drove the team, and you're up 36 to 33. Dad's got tears in his eyes. The the camera shot goes to the suite in Arrowhead, 
and Josh Allen's dad's hugging everybody and so proud of his kid, still proud of his kid. And and there's that moment, and then you just see the sideline shot of Josh Allen in that 7,000-yard stare once Mahomes gets Butker into position for the game winner. And then there's the overtime where Kansas City ain't going to give it back. This was the moment, if we have time, after, where Mahomes, after they win, 30 seconds later, he's congratulating Allen. A lot of respect for, for Pat. You know, he throws a winning touchdown and he comes straight over and finds me. Um, you know, to, to be in that situation and to do that, that's, that was pretty cool of him to, to do that. That was class. And it's two gunslingers. And what an amazing weekend of football. We'll dive more into it. Lars Anderson had the last row at Nissan Stadium in all his Bengal gear. He's with us in 30 minutes. Recruiting recap, Greg Smith, next on Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Thanks for hanging out. Hale Varsity Radio on Monday presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Neil Smith, Chiefs great. We will talk to him about breaking what are the, uh, the, the the giant drumsticks as he led the, the the beat into the stadium? The Chiefs win in overtime. Plenty of amazing football. Plenty of fantastic recruiting. And it's not done. Nebraska, about a week's window here to close for the rest of this 2022 cycle. Greg Smith with us at Greg Smith HV. Greg, uh, how did you soak in football yesterday? I'll just put my feet up, and I was stressed watching those games, um, and not even with a rooting interest. I can't imagine being a Chiefs fan yesterday, uh, or Rams or Bucks for that matter, Bills. Like that was it was a lot of fun, though. There was a lot of fun to watch it and be impartial in that one. You are right on, and I enjoyed, I enjoyed it. I was going, man, I'm going to finish this this Ozark binge for the second half of, <laughs> I got of, on that too. of Tampa, <laughs> and I'm glad I didn't because I couldn't believe what I was watching, man. Uh, we, had a, we had a very similar experience yesterday because we were going to start <laughs> that too and then just couldn't pull away from the game. Ended up only getting one episode in last night. We'll probably get back on it tonight. Yeah, but I have uh, episodes five, six, and seven uh, to, to rock. So tell me here, Greg, what, what uh, stuck out this weekend? Let's start with Omar Brown, the defensive back from Northern Iowa, another portal kid. Uh, some upside for him. What's your take? 
Yeah, being the, the former FCS freshman of the year at defensive back, um, a guy that, that played, has got a lot of good experience at UNI um, and has a lot of upside. Like, I think that he has the potential to be someone that comes in and plays a lot right away for Nebraska. Um, as I think, the, like, what's really happened here is you've seen a lot of these FCS programs lose some of these guys like Omar Brown uh, to bigger Power 5 programs. Um, and Nebraska, I think, is the beneficiary here of a, with a really good player. Um, I expect to, to hear his name a lot this coming season. Greg, uh, overall, who who is in town this weekend? Who kind of uh, made a splash for the junior days? Kind of give us uh, some recon here, a rundown of of what uh, you were able to, to 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 find and learn about Nebraska's weekend visits. Yeah, I think the first thing that I, that I really found out was that, well, Nebraska made a couple of nice offers uh, coming out of the weekend. A few. Uh, first, the Sam Sledge, uh, the offensive lineman out of Creighton Prep. Um, really good player, I think, in state uh, and, and worthy of an offer. Could be a center prospect. Uh, leaving for Nebraska going forward. I think he plays guard now for a tackle for, for Creighton Prep, uh, but I think he, Nebraska likes him as potentially a center, and that's music to people's ears around here. Uh, Asen Stevens uh, out of Indianapolis got an offer as a linebacker. Um, good bloodlines there. His brother Tommy Stevens had also been previously recruited by the staff and ended up playing at Penn State before grad transferring with the Pirate uh, down in Mississippi State. Um, and, and then there was another offer to a quarterback out of Massachusetts uh, William Pop Watson, uh, who came in for a visit this weekend for Junior Day, who actually had a really interesting uh, relationship with Mark Whipple, going back to his time in eighth grade, back when Whipple uh, was still at UMass. So, so really good impressions made by Nebraska with the new staff. Then you got a, a chance to get maybe the biggest priority in state uh, this is this coming cycle of Malachi Coleman back on campus, um, and he really liked his visit as well. I think Nebraska's done he made huge strides with him, uh, with having Mickey Joseph kind of take over point person on his uh, recruitment. Um, I think the reviews are very high uh, for Nebraska coming out of this weekend with the new staff. That is so big to to connect with Malachi Coleman. And we know that Michigan's been there and been there early for him. Uh, and you look at Minnesota. I mean, everyone else in the West is, has been there. And uh, Nebraska needed – a guy like Mickey Joseph, quite frankly, not just for the Malachi Coleman's of the world, but also this this kind of reassessment of of the metro. Not that it's not important, but but it's it's prioritized by Mickey, correct? Yeah, absolutely, and I think that his pitch has really resonated not just with prospects, but with parents and with the high school coaches um, in Lincoln and Omaha, which is mainly the two areas in Nebraska that he's been focused on. And I think sometimes just having that that fresh voice uh, to come in and help with the pitch really helps. Mickey having a different idea of how Nebraska goes about that pitch, I think, has helped. And then, honestly, him being able to have the success that he's had in his career um, builds up some instant credibility uh, with these folks and I think that having him just recently coached some guys that are performing well on Sundays that really helps uh, with the kids too because they instantly know uh, the names Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase um, as soon as they tell them uh, you know hey I used to coach those guys. And the other part of this too Greg Smith with us recruiting insider uh, a big official visit weekend for Nebraska football here in uh, this part of January here as they try and get things knocked out for 2022 and beyond. Greg, Mickey's a skill position guy, and you're going after skill position guys a lot of times. Uh, 
that that has some credibility there. It's not that a, for instance, Rude, who, who's just tenacious himself and a really really good coach, and his his standing at Nebraska is never in question with with his his history and what he did for the program. But linebacker coach, let's just say, trying to talk to a, a skill guy out of Omaha. Uh, you'll listen because it's Barrett Rude, but Mickey Joseph's a guy who's coached wide receivers the last 10 years. I mean, that, that's got to be a little bit better connection when it comes to tricks to the trade, correct? Yeah, absolutely. I definitely think that that helps, and I think that it helps that Mickey not only recruited wide receivers down at LSU, but he was helpful and instrumental in bringing in other guys at different positions as well, right? So I think that having that experience for him and being able to really go and recruit any position, um, I I think really helps Nebraska here. And honestly, really just having a fresh voice instead of eyes on all of this and how you can go about the strategy with these guys. If you're putting out earlier offers, which Nebraska did over the weekend, to some in-state guys as well. I think that it just all seems to be going in the right direction for Nebraska right now. Got to close. Long way to go on some of these, but but it it looks good and promising early. And, and Greg, we'll we'll finish on what Mickey's been doing in the state with with this. It was a quote from uh, Sam McEwen, Omaha World Herald. He talked with uh, Bellevue West coach Michael Huffman, who just been putting out loads of D1 talent over the last couple years uh, for the Thunderbirds. And, And the quote was, there's no doubt in my mind Keegan Johnson and Caden Helms are Huskers if Mickey had been there which that just immediately stands out whenever you look at where these guys are going and the kind of success that Keegan Johnson had in his first year. How do you think uh, that, that Mickey Joseph is rebuilding these bridges so fast where the coaches are going, yeah, if he was here last season, the, the recruiting story would be uh, completely different? Yeah, I, I think it's a few things. I think it's a, it's a different style of pitch that he has, less of a lean on the past and help us rest- return to glory versus, listen, this is, we think you're a really good football player and you can help us go um, to different levels, and we, we really need talented players like you. Like It's a subtle difference, but it's definitely a difference in the pitch that they're making. Plus, I think that Mickey Joseph has a lot of really good um, instant credibility when it comes to going into these schools and pitching what he's been doing down at LSU and then also his ability to say, and this is really important, I think, too, his ability to say, hey, I was from somewhere else, came to Nebraska, flourished, and then I was able to, you know, spread my wings and do other things, too. I think that that helps, too, because it just shows all sorts of different ways that you can get it done, starting with being at Nebraska. Greg Smith uh, wrapping up the recruiting weekend. Hail Varsity.com and Magazine at Greg Smith HV. The Straight Up Breakdown podcast will drop tomorrow. All right, where where's Nebraska with A.J. Allen? I like Nebraska's chances with AJ Allen. Uh, you know, from everything I'm hearing, he had a really good official visit weekend this year or this year this weekend. Um, he's still committed to TCU, but what, obviously the interesting wrinkle there is that when he committed to TCU, he committed to Nebraska's running back coach, uh, who was previously at TCU. So I, I think that the relationship is strong there. Um, I, I'm sure Nebraska blew him away on that visit this weekend. He was the only official visitor that was in town. Um, I, I think that he has the green light to commit to Nebraska and could really like him, kind of led by Apple White, having liked him so much when he was at TCU. Um, I think I like Nebraska's chances here. Don't really have a decision date or anything like that, um, but obviously we don't have too much time before the signing period. Greg, is there just a different feel? You've covered recruiting for several years. You've been on it. You talk to coaches on and off the record. You get Mickey Joseph in here while you still have uh, rude that's able to go hit targets as well around the state. So there's kind of a one-two punch there. And the 500-mile radius has always been so key to Nebraska. Bill Bush has been 
going that route as well. He can go anywhere he wants, but he's been focusing on the 500-mile radius, specifically Kansas. Is it is is, is there some um, some upside? Is there some uh, optimism? Maybe that's the better word when you have Joseph and Bush together in state and around the state. Yes, um, the short answer. I, I think that those two guys in particular coming onto Nebraska staff and saying, being able to come in, ask questions about the recruiting operation, and say, hey, why is it that we're not focusing more on getting early offers out to guys in the state um, that are right down the road? Why aren't we recruiting Kansas harder? Why aren't we recruiting Missouri harder from Kansas City all the way out to St. Louis? Which, by the way, you've seen a lot of Missouri offers go out over the last week, including a handful today in St. Louis. So I I think that those, and Mickey Joseph is the one out there today. So I think that those sorts of things really could give Nebraska some extra juice. And it's something that a lot of us have been saying that Nebraska needs to focus more on. Like when you're able to recruit your border states or the states right by you, uh, it just increases Nebraska's chances of landing those kids. And in today's day and age, it increases their chances of keeping those kids here because guys that are closer from closer by end up staying on average as well. Greg, uh, about a minute here. When we look at 2023, 24, and 25 quarterbacks, uh, you've got um, some in-state options, of course, here with uh, with Kalen at Bell West. But there's there's a slew of quarterbacks. The kid down in Kansas, um, uh, found in Mays, Kansas. You know, if you were to give me a kind of a Greg's board for future quarterbacks, you know, who's who are the three? Who are the top three? In what order? Man, as soon as he said the kid at Mays, Kansas, I know exactly what you're talking about because I really like him. Um, Johnson, I believe, is yes. his last name. He's a, he's a really good player. He's a three-sport athlete. Um, I really like him. I think Nebraska needs to do whatever they can to get him on campus soon. Um, I don't know if he's coming up this weekend, but I do know that another guy that would be on that board, J.J. Cole out of Ankeny, Iowa, yes. will he, he will be in Nebraska this weekend. And I think that that's a really interesting pairing between him and Mark Whipple potentially. Um, and, and so then I, I think you also looking out future. Um, you do have Danny Kalen out at Bellevue West, who I think will continue to be a prospect. Of course, you have Dylan Rayola, um, the nephew of Donovan Rayola, the offensive line coach as well for the 24 class. I think that quarterback is starting, that picture is starting to get a little bit clearer. Nebraska is up to seven scholarship offers for 23, and there are some really good ones, um, even in the region uh, for Nebraska in 2023 and in 2024 as well. Nebraska is uh, getting after it. Second signing day next week and greg smith will be all over it uh, leading up another junior day here for the big red on friday and into the weekend with some visitors greg will get caught up again soon thanks for your insight and input today but appreciate it hey thanks as always have a great week guys you you too greg smith with us Bengals fan best-selling author lars anderson next hello listener this is brandon vogel managing editor of hail varsity and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And now, and now, back to Hail Varsity Radio. 
Husker great Neil Smith, Eric Warfield, next hour, both proud Chiefs today. Longtime Bengal fan, the Ken Anderson era, and look it up. Uh, New York Times bestselling author, tremendous radio host down in Birmingham, Alabama. Lars Anderson, friend of the show, at Lars Anderson 71 on Twitter. His book with Bruce Arian, Season of the Sun, must read. Lars, you were uh, smiling, you were partying, you were a happy dude watching your bangles, my friend. Thanks for the time. How are you? I'm doing good, but, uh, man, Chris, you buried the lead. I mean, come on. I, I... I just found out that you were the 2021 Nebraska Sportscaster of the Year. Dude, I am so proud of you. Lars, thank you. We have been friends. We have been friends for over, uh, what, a decade at least. Yes. uh, 15 years, maybe. And uh, I could not be more happy for you. You are so deserving of it. And, 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 and what is really unique about you, and I hope your listeners uh, understand this, is your uh, ability to do news, breaking news, talk politics, talk business, talk the stock market, and then <laughs> switch gears and, and be like the most insightful guy and have the most sources for Nebraska football. So I, I, I'm just so happy for you. So richly deserved. And, uh, man, uh, again, uh, awesome, awesome job. Lars, thank you much, brother. That means a ton. And I'm, uh, I'm humbled, man. It's, it's awesome. Uh, very, very appreciative of it. So I want to go. Did you uh, climb over the stadium or did you get the last row? At Nissan Stadium. <laughs> so Did you parachute in. Second. So yeah. All right. So yeah, I uh, I live in Birmingham, Alabama, and uh, it's about a three and a half hour drive up to Nashville. I, I think I've told this story before on your show. My last name's Anderson. Uh, growing up at Lincoln. My dad really liked to mess with me, and so it's like a five-year-old when he had the ro- old rotary phone. Mm-hmm. He'd dial our own number, and then you hang it up, and the rotary phone would ring, and it would be like 10 minutes before kickoff of a Bengals game, and he would act like he was talking to his brother, Ken Anderson. That's and so good. he would go on and on and on. And, and he carried on this charade for uh, – way too many years and I believed it. And so I became a diehard Bengals fan. Uh, fast forward now, it's been 31 years since the Bengals win a playoff game. Uh, they went at home against uh, the Raiders uh, two weeks ago. And, uh, and then like the only place I could ever go and see them would be in Nashville because it's just a drive. And right. turns out they're playing the Titans. All right, so I drive up there. Uh, just over, like, Bengals Twitter, uh, we all sort of congregate at this tailgate uh, about three and a half hours before the game. And uh, I swear, Chris, it was seven to 10,000 of us at, in this massive parking lot. I mean, of course, it was like about a mile from the stadium, but this massive parking lot. And the only thing I can equate it to is being at a, a Grateful Dead show, like before the show, when everything everybody's like, "Hey, what's mine is yours. What's yours is mine." Right. <laughs> Just everybody handing stuff back and forth, 
And, uh, and oh my gosh, it was so much fun. And then we ended up uh, all, you know, eight eight thousand of us or so or whatever, uh, end up leaving at the same time, sort of forming this river of people walking to the stadium. Uh, shut down some traffic, uh, made some Titan fans late to the game. Sorry about that. And then, uh, yeah, paid 337 bucks. I thought I was going to have a good ticket, but no, I am literally in the last row. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and it was, it was a little windy up there. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I feel, you know, I grew up in Lincoln, Went to college in Minnesota, lived in New York City for 15 years, but now I've been in, in uh, the South for 15 years, so I've grown, I've grown soft. And so, you know, 25 degrees feels cold to me. And Brother, uh, I'm, but, I'm, I'm soft, too, with that. Juniors want me to get, get seats for Cincinnati, Kansas City. He's like, we got to go. You know, and we got the Zach Taylor. Zach- if, 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 if you don't go, I'm going to be upset because uh, I'm still trying to go. I, I found some tickets for five hundred. Yeah, that's, that's I, where I'm at too. Like Fifteen hundred. I, I don't. Yeah. I don't love him. I don't. Li- I don't love him that much. <laughs> for five fifty. <laughs> Here's the deal, uh, Zach. Zach Taylor, Lars, you got to be so proud. I mean, of course, the Nebraska connection and, and Joe Burrow's been incredible. You covered him in the SEC, but. What a win, man! And what a weekend of football! But what a win! You kind of kicked it off for uh, for with Bankle Vans. Yeah, yeah, and um, no, it was you, you know, uh, Chris. I I worked at Sports Illustrated for twenty years, um, then Bleacher Report for uh, three four years, and uh, really haven't attended a sporting event as a fan right. since I was in high school. So it's it, back in Nebraska, back in Lincoln, and the the best sporting event uh, I ever attended was the 1981 Oklahoma Nebraska game, and that was with my dad when I was uh, seven or I was uh, ten years old. Mm-hmm. But this almost rivaled it. And again, I'm in the back 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 row, and you know, a country mile from the stadium, and somehow I got fear poured on my head. I don't know how that happened. Spillage can happen. After, uh, after, <laughs> after Evan McPherson hit that, hit that field goal. But you know what? It just reminded me of, like, why sports matter, why we love sports, why sports are important. Because it, it's not just, a, you know, you can say it's a diversion. You can uh, sort of minimize it. But it, it gives you, like, this feeling of community, and uh, I, I, I really I hadn't experienced that since I was uh, uh, growing up in Lincoln and leaving a Husker game. And um, it was just so powerful and almost overwhelming. Like, I'm, I mean, I almost wanted to cry, honestly. The emotional so boost, beautiful. Lars, is incredible. Yeah. Brother, I got a minute here, and thank you're busy, man. Thanks for squeezing me in. I, I had to hear firsthand about your roadie to Nashville and the lifelong Bengal fan you are. You know Bruce Arians. You know Tom Brady. About a minute here, what did you think of yesterday with Tampa? Do you worry about their future? No. Uh, B.A. is going to be back, and I'm 99.9% sure that Tom is going to be back. Uh, I don't have any, you know, I haven't talked to Bruce, uh, like, in the last 48 hours, but I was with Bruce, uh, um, I don't know, a week and a half ago. 
Uh, and uh, I, I have no reason to believe that Tom won't be back. Um, Tom is going to act as sort of general manager again, and uh, they got to they got to bring somebody in to uh, play opposite of God, uh, Goodwin. Godwin. Uh, Godwin. Uh, yeah, Godwin. Uh, who they're going to lose in free agency, and uh, maybe a third wide receiver. But uh, I mean, I, I there's no reason to believe that Tom is is going to retire. I, I, I no. So I, I think they're going to be back. They're they're gonna and, and I I know this will be Bruce's last year mm-hmm. and I think it'll be Tom's last year. I think they're gonna have one last rodeo. Lars, we'll see you in Kansas City, brother. All right, thanks. Let's do it. He's in his thirties, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hail Varsity Radio. I got the body of a hot preteen Swedish boy. You know, I bet you money Lars MacGyvered that and shot some sort of cat burglar type catapult thing over the wall at Nissan Stadium, climbed up the wall and found his way into the back row. He's right though. You cover you cover stuff and you get to go to games and we're blessed to do it for air quote your job for years and then you go as a fan. It's it's really cool. It's really there's so much joy. We're gonna play uh Lars somebody filmed, maybe it was Lars himself, but there's there's footage, cleaned up footage. So none of us are packing our our, our, our uh cubicles tomorrow. But cleaned up footage of, of Lars and, and like uh, uh sea of Bengal fans in the north corner or west corner of Nissan Stadium when that kick goes through. And now there's Titan fans around. And, and listen, Tennessee's a, a, a good ball club. And it just came down to, to better quarterback play. Burrow has been incredible, flat-out incredible. And we've spent a lot of time on Kansas City and, and Buffalo. And, man, that was great. And then even Tampa. I mean, Tampa was getting rocked. And for them to come back, they didn't look prepared. They didn't look prepared. They looked just body language rise. Brady looked doomed because you got Von Miller and crew, Aaron Donald, seven hurries, like 10 hits. I mean, since it, I think there's going to be a come to Jesus with Brady and just how kind of loosey goosey Tampa is compared to New England. New England's like Russia and. Tampa's spring break, there needs to be a little more happy medium. And, and I, I think Tom will be fine. I mean, they, they did catch lightning in a bottle a little bit last year. They got lucky with they, some they, injuries. They were a year ahead of time. Here, yes. Then they got hit by injuries this year. But my main takeaway was from this weekend was the future is now. I mean, everyone was talking like at the end of the, the Peyton Manning era, the Tom Brady, Eli Manning, uh, Rivers, everyone in the AFC. Yeah. What, what's going to be the next wave? Well, this next wave this looks wave even better. Awesome. Mahomes, Josh Allen. You still got Lamar Jackson. Uh, Burrow, uh, you got Justin Herbert in the AFC. That's Herbert's all just, money. That's all just the AFC. I know. That's just the AFC. That, those guys are going to be battling for the next 10 years. Uh, it, it's fun. It's so much oh, fun. Mac, Mac Jones in New England, too. Don't want to leave yeah, him out. He's, he's good. Reminder about buckling up. Use your seatbelt, and using it saves lives, prevents injuries. Only if it's properly worn, buckle up. This message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. We are scheming to get Lars uh, to Kansas City. And get down there. Uh, Jaybird Erickson has been uh, drafted to to go to Kansas City with us. We just got to wait for these prices to go down. 
<laughs> either that or hit a bet. Here is Lars, the game-winning kick for Cincy as Zach Taylor, Burrow and company onto the AFC title game. That's so good. That's so good. Lars losing his mind. <laughs> we won. We won the bleeping game. Yeah, that's so good. <laughs> so good. That edit provided to you by Elijah Herbal. Thank you, sir. What a weekend of football. Yep. Charlie McBride's coming up. Mr. Blackshirt, Eric Warfield, Neil Smith on the way. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity. And I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's Hale Varsity. Dot com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. Welcome to Hail Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hail Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402 466 ESPN or 1 800 825 5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back with you, Tower 2, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Uh, still uh, reveling in uh, the incredible 48 hours of football with the NFL. Plenty of Nebraska thoughts as they try and wrap up recruiting for 2022. It is a Monday. Time for Monday with Charlie. Mr. Blackshirt himself, Charlie McBride, joins us. Coach, uh, how do you take what happened last night? 25 points in two minutes. Horrible defense or, an, or just incredible offense? Well, the first thing I do is hire the director who made the movie. <laughs> <laughs> you are so right. What a movie it was, wasn't it? Holy moly. i never seen anything like it. I mean, we, you know, we I had my, my younger brother here and his wife, and we both we watched it, and no, nobody here could ever believe it, could believe one thing. I mean, it was unbelievable, but it was a, it was fun. I mean, it was, you know, I, how can they do something better than that? That's I don't you can't. It was that it was that perfect, right? <laughs> you know, you've seen Brady come back a hundred times. I mean, it all it seems like, but this was over the top. I mean, this was like both of them coming back at the same time. Now, I I I was at a game not similar to it, but. I got a taste of what that was. Was uh, back when the Cardinals played the Steelers. Oh yeah, yeah. and and the, and the Cardinals with about a minute and thirty seconds left scored. And of course, the thing is, as I always said, what bothered me the most about being around young people is is when things like that happen, they jump around and hug each other, and that's the kiss of death right there. 
okay and and then i then I, i've said this before but but Yogi Berra was right when he said the game ain't over till the fat lady sings, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> that 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 was what happened last night. I mean, you you they're all hugging each other and jumping up and down, and the next minute it's the other team, and it's just crazy, you know. I mean, it's so that that's the thing I think yeah, that that gets me the most in it is how the players take assume that they've won the game, and that's happened more than once. And, uh, you know, it just uh, drives you, almost drives you nuts. Because, you know, when the Steelers got the ball with a minute and 30 seconds left, you know, they just took the ball down the field and 10 seconds left and they they scored. And that was the end of the game. And I had a guy sitting next to me who was a Steelers fan. And he got up and left at a minute and 30 seconds when the Cardinals scored. I said, listen to me, are you going to leave your team? He, he said, yeah, they're going to lose. And I said, you come here and sit down for a minute. Well, then they won, and he looked at me like I was some kind of guy that knew something was going on. Or crystal something. ball I don't time. Know, but, yeah, the crystal ball guy. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that, that, that last night just took the cake. Charlie McBride's with us a Monday with Charlie Hale Varsity Radio. You're talking about that, that epic Super Bowl between the Cardinals and in Pittsburgh, and that last second throw to Santonio Holmes it was just on the money. Coach, you've seen a lot of quarterbacks over the years and a lot of different offenses, and your black shirts really were, were good to great against a lot of people. What do you think of Josh Allen? And I know you saw him when Wyoming was here. I remember you were back for that game. Yeah. And what do you th- what do you think of Mahomes? How would you try and defend him? Because they they it's not just them. Yes, they're mobile and good, but they've got weapons too around them. They got really good weapons. I I, I honestly don't know if you can. I I think he may be the best deep ball thrower in in football. And and I think what happened when he was recruited, he wasn't a guy that was highly recruited. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a guy that uh, you know, Coach Bowles saw something in, and and you know, and then took him on as a, as a scholarship player, and look at where he is now. I mean, that's a good example of, you know, he wasn't a walk on, but that's a good example of what it, what happens sometimes. The kids that do walk on that work hard. And he's he's just a big, strong, fast man. <laughs> you know, I don't know how you explain it any more than that. You know, there aren't many of those kind of guys around. Uh, there's some guys that are fast and quick, and we've seen them in the NFL. But he's he's got an arm that's a cannon, and that you know. And then and then you go to the other side of the ball, and you got McCombs, uh, and you and he's you know he's crazy. I mean, he's so poised, nothing seems to bother him. Uh, I think he's the one guy that I've seen that, you know, Brady, you've seen him get hot on the bench. You've seen him do a lot of things. But this kid, you know, he just kind of hangs on to him and believes in himself, and he believes in his players. And, uh, you know, that's that's that's, that's really an interesting part of, of what he is, and I think that's what makes a lot of good quarterbacks is their it's their vibes that that they pass on really. Charlie McBride's with us on Monday with Charlie Hale Varsity Radio. We're talking quarterbacks NFL weekend, 
and uh, the magic that we all got to soak in. What do you think of Brady and how that went down? They looked dead in the water. They came back, and then, like you t- like you said earlier, you got too excited, and uh, you, you busted defensively a couple of different times to Cooper Cup. Yeah, well, you know he he's you know when you play with him after he's done that so many times, you know you almost think that that's what's supposed to happen, and and I think you know that the, the players actually you know believe that that's what's going to happen because he's on our team. And I think that that's where he has it now. Yesterday, a guy that has never had anything ends up being the quarterback. Because I've been around Detroit for a few years, oh, yeah. and the poor guy is, you know, been trashed. And I, I'm surprised he's still alive. But um, you know, he, he probably deserves it. You know, and that's just the way I, I looked at it. The guy deserves to have something good happen in his life. After being in Detroit, it's like doing time. That's right. Well, I think they'll get better, but gee whiz, it, it just seems like it. They can't get, they can't get the ball going. They they trade people that kind of like the Cardinals were for a long time. And you got a family business, and and you you handle people uh, different because of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would assume that a family business doesn't have as much as a big corporation or. Somebody that's got money pouring in all over the time, insurance or whether trucking or whatever the case is. Charlie McBride's with us. Coach, uh, I want to go back to end of game execution. And specifically when you were coaching, is there a, is there a game that where you guys came out on top that the defense won it or the offense held on that, that sticks with you? your time in Nebraska? Well, I think, uh, yeah, of course, you know, the Missouri game is, it was a game that, uh, you know, was, a, you know, just a, a blessing. I mean, for us, you yeah. know, in the case of, uh, when, you know, and I think each year, if you go back and you look at the national championship teams, there's always one game in there, and I've always said it. And you'll hear guys say it. You don't. You don't just do it a lot of times because of players or because of this and that. You do it because of luck sometimes. And and one play can make a difference in whether you're the national champion or you're not. And I think we saw that when we played Missouri that time. At least it gave us an opportunity that we knew if we won the rest of our games that we had a chance. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know that's just the way things go. But uh, it's 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 a, it's it's a tough thing to, as a coach to decide what you want. You know that that's really tough because you work on prevent defenses, let's say. But then you get down to it, and you have all of a sudden you're thinking maybe we have too much stuff, and then pretty soon it happens, and you know what you have and what they know is is monumental in in whether you save save a game and there's been times when we haven't had to do it but there's been times at the end of the games when you know we played uh, you know we played deep with our safeties and our our defensive backs we moved them back mm-hmm. um, and and it was you know that that's the one thing you don't want to have happen is the long ball well they have so much more athletic people in the NFL and plus the time element they have to work on different things 
you know, it's a lot, a lot different. Would you, would know, you have done anything different with the, the Buffalo game, with the, the way Buffalo defended uh, Kansas City, or would you be? Were you? I mean, you saw Hill catch it and go sixty-four yards in the blink of an eye. So, what's the answer? I guess is my question. Well, Should answer, Buffalo have done something I, different? I don't. You know, in pro ball, I, I think at that time it's pretty hard to say we're going to double cover a, a receiver because they're all so good. Sure. You know, I'm and, and quarterbacks are reading things so well, and in college they aren't that. It's not they're not that good. I mean, they they have an idea and they've been told and they worked on it, but it's not like they they really know. I mean, and so if you can disguise your coverages, is the biggest thing that we did. That was that was monumental. I mean, way back I remember when Bob Thornton was our secondary coach. He was he was really good at that. I know one time he changed the jersey and got <laughs> everybody was wondering who is that guy out there, <laughs> you know, so they wouldn't know where a certain players lined up because he thought that was that was giving away what we were doing. But um, you know that that passed and and but that that was the thing that uh, uh, you know that we we were probably noted for. You know, as far as our defense was one of the things was our disguise of our secondary and our linebackers. Charlie, uh, I mean, I don't mean to be a Monday morning quarterback or a Monday morning defensive coordinator, if you will, but with 13 seconds on the clock against Patrick Mahomes, you got to think he's probably going to be getting that ball up pretty fast. What's the point of bringing four rushers whenever you could bring one or two guys and drop eight, nine guys into coverage? Well, you can. That's right. Exactly. And some teams do that. You know they'll look like they're you know, they'll look like they're in coming with four or you know whatever, and you know there's going to be that's where the disguise comes in and and different things and so you don't give you make the quarterback read on the move you don't make them pre-read you know you you try to you try to get them to mess them up and don't know which side the coverage is coming on you can see in a game where they move the uh, the one back over to the other side cuz he sees they're outnumbered and i mean that's that's common sense i mean they just they need another guy over here so they'll move the guy over and a lot of times that is a good disguise for running the football but most of the time, it's it's usually something that has to do with a you know with a with a with a, um, a running play or something like that that you're going to do that. That's the only time you'd move them over maybe when you saw something like that. But in general, it's to pick up blitzes. Coach McBride is with us on Monday with Charlie Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, we're going to talk with a couple of former Chiefs here shortly. Eric Warfield. And uh, Neil Smith. What do you remember about Neil Smith? Well, he's probably the greatest athlete that I ever coached. I mean, he's wow. He was a spe- he was special. And I I'll tell you what what, you, what people don't understand is when I Jack Jack uh, Pierce was a recruit Neil and uh, I, he he put a film on my desk and and he wanted me to look at this defensive end at the high school that Neil was playing at. And at the time, we didn't know anything about it. We didn't even know his name. And uh, I kept looking at the film, and I kept saying, who is the tackle? Well, what happened was the defensive end got hurt, and Neil was put at defensive end, and he was a scorpion. I mean, he was all over the place. And I said, Jack, (laughs) 
maybe we better find out who this is. But if you ask Neil what he weighed, I think he probably weighed about 218, 220. And yeah. for a defensive lineman, you're thinking, what the heck? But that's kind of taught us a lesson that, that our outside receipt, our outside guys, and at some point can be you don't have to be that big. But as he, if I remember right, he was about two sixty five. You know, uh, and it, I think exactly. You know, if I remember right, and when the pros weighed him, he was two sixty two. I think, but he was running the in the four fours. Jeez, and uh, I don't think we ever told him. That. He went second overall. I mean, because you had him and Broderick yeah. and Danny Noonan, man. You had a great line. Well, we had a pursuit drill one time, and a couple of the pro guys said, um, can he run? I mean, you know, it is simple. I said, yeah, he can really run. But if you watch our pursuit drill, you'll get an idea. Well, we had a, the drill was designed to run on the other side of the field away from him, and he, he just took off, and he, you know, caught the guy at the goal line. Right. And I mean, you didn't have to ask that. They a clock won't a clock will not tell you game speed when you're wearing pads and things like that. And that's one thing he could do is he 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 could carry his pads and he could run probably the same speed with pads or with in shorts. <laughs> so you know you don't know because we never timed them in pads, mm-hmm. but. You know, he he had he was special. I mean, he, he not only was he instinctive, which you don't know till you get him, but I I just remember when Dick Buckus went to linebacker from being a center because they found out how instinctive mm-hmm. he was, and he made up for his speed by being instinctive. Well, Neil had the speed to go with it being instinctive, so. He was really something different. I mean, he was, you know, he was a freak. He's uh, He almost broke that drum last night, leading the Chiefs out. Uh, Coach McBride's with us. Coach, we'll talk again Monday. Enjoy another weekend okay. of football, all right? Okay. Well, say hello to those guys for me. Okay. I will. Will do, Coach. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh-huh. Bye now. There he is, Mr. Blackshirt. Eric Warfield's next on Hale Varsity. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Good stuff from Coach McBride of Monday with Charlie. We welcome in Husker Hall of Famer and longtime chief, 11 years in the NFL. And uh, I'm wondering how he navigated yesterday. Eric Warfield with us. Warfield, what's going on, man? Let me ask you this first. How did you shoot today? Yeah, you going in and out on me. We got you. Eric, we got yep, you. I'm here. We're live. I'm here. We're live in Lincoln, brother. Okay, uh, how did you shoot? How did you shoot today? <laughs> I think I want a skin. I did. <laughs> Well, good. That's good. Do we have a, do we have a, I've, I've, I've learned that when you're playing skins game, it's not about your total scores, but how many skins you can win. That's that's the way to do it. Enough for uh, dinner? 
That's it. Good. All right. Take me through your Sunday as a diehard chief. And uh, could, could you take last night or are you, are you still smiling about last night? You know what? Uh, I, I would be lying to you if I told you that I thought we had that game won with 13 seconds left. I, I, I thought we would have came back with, it with 13 seconds left. All my years of, of being on this earth, have I, have I ever seen anything happen that way? Um, and the smartest part about it is how the Chiefs went about it. You know, because when you, when you come down to trying to manage time with that amount of time left, 99% of the teams want to play the sidelines to get out of bounds. Uh, and the smart part about it is that we had the timeouts to use mm-hmm. to get the quick plays and, and to get the bulk yardage that we did get to, to maximize whatever we got to put ourselves in position to get those, those – that, well, not those, but that field goal. On top of that, the amount of pressure that it had to be on Bucker to make that field goal – like, it was all just pressure upon pressure upon pressure. And I take my hat off to Josh Allen and to the phenomenal job that he did last night because it, it was one of those games that definitely has to be voted top three of all time best games ever played. Eric Warfield's with us on Hale Varsity Radio, uh, longtime chief and Husker Hall of Famer and uh, getting his perspective on last night. It was just incredible. You go down this, Coach McBride put it best, he wants to know who wrote the script to that movie. I mean, it was just back and forth from a minute 54 to 13 seconds to zeros. Now, you're a defensive back. You've been in those two-minute drill situations on the other side facing a quarterback that's been a pain in the neck. Could Buffalo have done anything different? Could Kansas City have done anything different? Because both defenses, look, they're, they're good defenses that get after the quarterback. But neither defense deserved to win that game. <laughs> no, no, but I think it was, Eric, was it more about the quarterback play than the ineptitude of the defense? Would you would you say that? It was more so on the quarterback than it was anything. Okay. Um, the easier, I think Mahomes had it easier. And uh, mainly because he had to scramble mostly for all, for everything that he got. We mm-hmm. we pressured him on every single play down in, the, in, in those last couple of drives, and he was able to maneuver, get out of those, uh, make the big plays with his legs, and find the open guy uh, when they needed him. And at that last moment when they scored that last touchdown, and I saw his family. I think they said he had he had twenty plus, maybe thirty plus plus uh, people that came to watch him. Yeah. They were all celebrating and crying. You know, I kind of put my head down. I was like, man, dude, dude really showed up when they needed him. And he took this game from us. And to see the first play and the amount of time that, that, that we used with it, I felt we had a chance. When Tariq Hill took that little screen mm-hmm. and, and got about 19, 20 yards, uh, now the, the play that Kelsey got, the quick post, I did not see that coming. Uh, but Kelsey's been doing that for us all year. Uh, and him and just the chemistry that those guys have, it's just unbelievable, man. It just makes football so much fun to watch. Eric Warfield's with us. Eric, they're, they're talking to one another. This was documented, and, and, and Kelsey confirmed it. So did Mahomes. 
that they're, they're it's like you're playing poker or pitch with a partner, right? It's table talk. <laughs> You've got Kelsey lined up in the slot. He's like, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. And Mahomes is kind of echoing back to him, all right, run it, run it, run it. And they just run up the seam and use the timeout. I mean, it's nuts to be able to pop him for 19 and 25 with 13 seconds left. That's incredible. Human nature, body language, doubt, all of that's got to seep in. You can be the most optimistic, greatest ball player ever. At some point, it's it's slim to none and slim left town, but it doesn't feel that way with Mahomes. No. And, and watching Buffalo play that, I don't know what they could have done better. I have no idea mm-hmm. because, again, when you come down to the last few seconds on the clock, you don't think there's enough time. I don't – you could have bet 100% – Nobody would have guessed that we had a chance to come back to tie that game. Mm. Whether alone it was getting uh, put in position to, to make the, to, to kick the field goal, or even having the pressure ice in your veins to make that field goal. So you got to give Bucker a lot of credit on, on his accomplishments for that too. But just to draw it up that way, to utilize the the plays that we had and the timeouts to put to put ourselves in that position, Chris. I'm just saying, like it, it was again. I'm going game because, like, everybody is going nuts. I can hear people in the streets outside of my place. (laughs) I get on Twitter. Twitter's going nuts. Uh, Just an unbelievable game. You you watch ESPN today, and a lot of those guys couldn't even explain it. Uh, And, again, just take my head off to what Josh Allen and the Bills were able to do. But they just ran up against a a better-prepared Chiefs team last night. Yeah, it, it was incredible from both sides. I mean, Mahomes being able to go lead a touchdown drive or a field goal drive at the end. But you also had Josh Allen and his whole playoff performance just incredible, and, and he, he doubled down on it last night with another incredible performance. So I want to get your take. What does it feel like to be a cornerback in a game like that where it doesn't matter what you do defensively, the, the other quarterback is just going to be piecing your defense apart? Like, How does it feel uh, on one side being a, a Chiefs player who you've been saved by your offense, and, and on the other hand, uh, to being a, a Bills player where you just can't do anything? You, you got probably the greatest quarterback in the league staring you down with 13 seconds left you know what I've, I've gone up against Peyton Manning in some of those situations to where you know you're in great position on certain plays you know you're doing your job to the best of your ability you're doing your job to the best of anybody of what anybody could have done but the ball placement uh the the, the play awareness of what the quarterback brings to the game it does it it, it kind of discourages you because you don't know of any other way to go about stopping it you know, uh, did you commit the penalties? You know, do the uh, commit the pass interference uh, of which you're still going to give them the extra yardage, or do you just try to play it the best you can and hopefully that at, at some point uh, you can get your hand on the ball or a deflection or an interception? Uh, but last night's game on a on a defense, it had to be tough. It had to be gut wrenching because both offenses were just phenomenal. Like the quarterback play was just phenomenal. Eric Warfield's with us. He's uh, wrapping up some golf and giving us a few minutes on his way home. Follow Eric on Twitter, EA Warfield 44. Great career with the Chiefs. And, of course, New England Hall of Fame Husker, uh, part of the national championship run. So tell me about this Sunday with, with Cincy coming to town. Zach Taylor, the former Husker, Joey Burrow, the Husker lineage, of course. Cincinnati's hot. What a wild win against... Tennessee, how you feeling here on a Monday 
Warfield with Cincy and Kansas City. I know we're not that far removed from Cincy's kind of shootout win over Kansas City. You know what? I feel confident with it. I, I, I highly doubt that uh, Jamar Chase will be able to do the things that he did against us last game. Um, you know, the, the first game we played against the, the Rams, not the Rams, but uh, the Chargers, mm-hmm. their wide receivers did a number on us, both of them. And coming back to the second game against them, we figured things out. Uh, I think Ward is, uh, is playing, having a great year. He may not have the numbers interception-wise to, to, to put him in a Pro Bowl category, but I think he's having one of the better years of any corner. Um, you know, we're, we're able to, to travel him with the best receivers on each team, and he's, he's, he's pretty much done a good job except for the, the Cincinnati game to where he's just throwing bombs to, 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 Jam- to Jamar Chase. But I think we'll have a better, a better shot at them uh, this weekend, and I, I think that, you know, we'll pull it out. I don't think they'll uh, – come close to getting the numbers that they got. Now, Joe Curl, I've been a fan of his since he left LSU. Dude is just, they gave him the right name, Joe Cool. Uh, he's always <laughs> cool under pressure, and he's always making the right the right choice. Um, and to see the game, he got, what, sacked nine or ten times and still threw for, like, almost 350 yards. Yeah, he got rocked. Yeah, he he he's uh, definitely a, a star in this game. Um, now, he's got the pieces that he needs. It's just, uh, I don't think that they're a complete team yet, but to have gotten this far where they are, you got to take your hats off to them. Eric, we'll get you out of here on this, and thank you so much for for chatting and giving us some uh, some time. You're close with Sue. Tough, tough one with Tampa yesterday, and and I think Brady will be back. I think Brady will want some more organization. It, it, it can't be spring break in Tampa anymore. He wants more of a. Not quite New England, but more of a happy medium. Sue's, Sue's played good ball. Sue played yeah. great ball yesterday. Do you think he stays in Tampa, or do you think he might look around a little bit? What, what's your what's your prediction there? You know what? I think that it depends on what uh, Tampa does with the rest of their defense. They have a good defense. Um, you know, take nothing from it. And, 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 yes, Tom Brady makes that team a playoff or a Super Bowl team each and every year, even with his age. And I think Sue knows that also. Uh, just trying to go and bounce around uh, to see what you know fits you best. I think he's a good fit uh, in Tampa with those guys. Um, I was Sue 12, 13 years in, maybe more. I think he's 12, 12 years in. He was the 08, uh, 09 draft. So, yeah, going into year 12, 12 or so, 13. Yeah, still playing phenomenal ball. Um, heck, if we can get him in Kansas City, I'd love him to have him there. <laughs> but I, I was – I was I, I can't give them much more credit than what I gave them last year because I didn't want to see them win the Super Bowl mm-hmm. against my Chiefs, but I was obviously happy for them uh, as a, as a Husker alum. Yep. Um, so uh, if if they want to come to Kansas City, we love to have both of them. Him and, <laughs> him and Levante. <laughs> I'm sure you would. Uh, <laughs> now there is a history of Sue following Zach Taylor around with the Rams. I mean, Zach was talking about every everywhere I go, there's Sue. But uh, I thought Sue was going to destroy Stafford after he got kicked. I, I've never seen a man uh, that rageful. Eric Warfield. Yeah, not, with, not the guy you want to piss off. Not, not at all. Uh, Eric Warfield at, uh, on Twitter at um, EA Warfield 44. And uh, check out the Twitter handle, Chief Concerns. Warfield, a great uh, podcast and video stream show each week. Eric, we'll do this again, buddy. Thanks for your time, man. Sounds good. Thank you, Mike. There he is, Eric Warfield. 
We have uh, an update on Neil Smith. We'll tell you that on the other side. Oh, no Neil Smith. I tried. We'll tell you about it next. Like what you hear? High-quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. Chime in 402-466-ESPN or email the show Chris at HailVarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Okay, here's an update. We will no doubt get Husker legend Neil Smith this week. We'll work on that. Talk to Neil this morning and this afternoon. He's busy, man. He's a he's a proud papa, and he's running kids to school, and he's also helping coach his gals. So he's at practice now. Got his time screwed up, so he sends his apologies. But we'll uh, we'll run Neil Smith down, and uh, really loved that that sight last night. Not only Neil banging the chief drum, but him. Unzipping the coat and paying tribute to his dear friend that passed away too, way too soon in Derek Thomas, the great outside backer. And, yes, that was the Kansas City defense for a long time at Arrowhead. <laughs> Derek Thomas and Neil Smith killing your quarterback uh, for, for a long time. Uh, excited to spend some more time with the NFL. Open phones now for you. Can join us or email chris at hailvarsity.com. Give us a follow. Schmidt underscore radio. Chris Schmidt, that's me, at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. And uh, can also dial up at 466-3776-466-37-76-800-825-5865. We spent a lot of time here on the Chiefs. And, uh, of course, the uh, ball game that said hold my beer was Kansas City Bills last night. Tampa Rams looked awful, then it wasn't, and then it was miraculous to finish. Uh, Matthew Stafford after the win, and uh, he's, as Coach McBride said, been through a lot. You're doing time (laughs) in Detroit, and then you get traded for. Just... Steal somebody's soul. You know, that's what it feels like sometimes where they're sitting there going, man, we just had this great comeback. And uh, you get to reach in there and, and take it from them. That's, uh, that's a whole lot of fun. We have talked about what could Buffalo have done differently in the end of regulation, overtime rules or overtime rules. And let's just say this. You, you, you can change overtime rules. People have been screaming on one side of the fence, get a stop. Right? Get off the field. Force a three and out. Force a punt. I get it. But you've seen two instances, two really good Chiefs teams, one live and one die with overtime. They put it away. Walk off. Bang. Kelsey got it handled. Uh, Three years ago, it was Rex Burkhead. (laughs) Bringing a lot of tears down the cheeks of Chiefs fans because New England never gave the football back. So I propose this, and I like college rules. 
except for the two-point conversion thing. Uh, that's that's terrible. I, I I do like the college rules, though, where you start at the 25. That'd be kind of my first choice without the two-point conversion. I think you shrink a fifth quarter from 15 minutes to 10, and whoever has the ball last, right? I think each team gets a gets a possession and and you keep moving forward here not this sudden death walk off I, I mean i the i mean even in soccer they've got the shootout that happens well and before that they have a full 30 minutes you get to play where it's not sudden death it's not it's not golden goal it's you get a full 30 minutes to play and in hockey especially once you get to the playoffs mm-hmm. you just keep playing in baseball you get a full inning you, where the other team gets to come back and respond. In the NBA, it's not first shot and overtime wins You get it. a hole in sudden death, death golf. Yeah. yeah like everyone's got a chance to respond. And the NFL is the one exception in professional sports where one team just might not even get the ball. One the team might not even blinders get tell us the coin flip is sacred. Yes, if you have the winning flip. Yes. Yeah, I was telling you this before the show. Since uh, they changed these overtime rules, and you remember uh, the Broncos so famously, the first game of, of overtime since they changed the rules where the touchdown sealed mm-hmm. it, but a field goal, you got another chance. Since those rules have been instituted, the team that has won the coin toss in overtime in the playoffs has won 10 out of 11 times. Sure. You have a, a 90% win percentage if you just win the toss. Think about the momentum, right? We talk about special teams. That's the other thing this weekend reinforced to you as Nebraska fans, right? Your special teams and then watching special teams screw it for Green Bay and really honestly some special teams issues with but with the Bills. They weren't as bad as Green Bay's clearly, but you gave up a monster punt return to Tariq Hill. You didn't kick the ball short at the end of regulation. Uh, Kansas City Got to start first and 25 with no time, burnt off. I mean, it it added up, all right? And even with Kansas City, you missed a field goal and an extra point that could have come back to haunt you a little bit. Uh, here is Tom Brady. Uh, four fumbles forced by Tampa. The Rams should have blown that game out. Uh, they let Tampa back in it. Tampa crawled and scrapped back in it. Playoff Lenny goes in with a fourth and inches touchdown run from 13 out. That's right uh, after you hit Evans deep on on the, one of the best corners in the world, one on one. I mean, it was it was all set up for Tampa to just snatch a victory out of the jaws of defeat. And then I love what McVeigh did. We've talked about the defenses getting prevent or going too conservative. McVay said, screw it, Stafford. Let's go after it, man. And and they did. It was impressive. Tom Brady, though, what's he do next? Just steal something. I haven't put a lot of thought into it, so you know, we'll just take it day by day and see, and see where we're at. Thank you, Tom. Listen, I hope this isn't Giselle saying, you've not been home with the kids. You got to retire and walk away. I hope, I hope that she's not like nagging him to, and I don't, don't kid yourself. I love my, my son and want to be around him as much as a father, but put yourself in Tom Brady's shoes. You hope mama isn't walking that fine line of making him retire. There's too much left in him. He's not garbage. He's a great player still. He's an MVP, arguably, still. He's, he's got a lot of ball left, and he's got a lot of help around him when they're healthy. Mm-hmm. I think what's wearing him out 
is just it was it was fun and different for Brady to go from top collar buttoned at New England to your butterfly collar hanging out in Tampa for a year. They were having fun and it was just kind of rolling with the punches. I think Brady is probably upset that not everybody was as locked in. And he kind of said that for a couple of weeks leading up. We're not focused. He's super detail-oriented because it's always been about the preparation with talent, but he's always had to outwork people, right? So I, I think there needs to be a bit of a more of a more serious approach with Arians. And, 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 and he, may, he may tighten the screws a little bit. You still got Barrett. You still got JPP. You still have Sue. Potentially, you still have Levante. Your secondary, your receiving core needs to get kind of revamped. It's been a stressful year. Levante David said turmoil. That was his quote. That was this year. They had turmoil, and a lot of it was due to A.B. being brought in. Zach Taylor, what a run for him. What a job by Nebraska's former quarterback. And uh, him and Burrow attached at the hip. We'll hear from Zach Taylor uh, before we say goodbye. And also... What do we got here? We have some uh, some some metal tickets to give away. Yeah, Volby and Ghost, two uh, two European groups coming to Pinnacle Bank Arena here soon. We got uh, two our pairs of tickets to give away all week. Yes, so that's at PBA in February. We'll give you a shout of that next hour. We'll wind down a Monday at Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Like what you hear? High quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, managing editor. I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. If I had the answer for why Joe Burrow's good at what he does, then then I, 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 I don't know. I'd sell that bottle up and sell it, but um, he's just special. Uh, that allows us to continue to call things the way we call because even after a sack or a negative play, uh, you still feel like we're always going to get it back. With the weapons that we got, um, Joe's ability to put put a hit behind him and move on to the next play and find one of his, his freak shows, as he likes to call them, uh, you know, makes our job a lot easier as play callers. Well, them freak shows going to be on full display in Kansas City. I am pondering taking Junior down there to go see the Chiefs and Bengals. I mean, we should just get one big old party road trip going. Find somebody with a minibus and uh, go hammer it. Get Lars in town. Get Jaybird to go. I don't think getting people down there is the hard part. I think no, getting, I, getting, I, getting the tickets is the hard I, part. If we pool enough money, and I don't know how they're... <laughs> Carson's like, yeah, we should get a suite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll put 10 bucks in on that. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? You're that guy at the party. <laughs> it doesn't pass. 
I put 10 on it. Come on. <laughs> Last side, this is Joe Burrow on their kicker, McPherson, because I think their kicker <laughs> and their quarterback are equally cocky. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Uh, so that's that's what I'm thinking. And a little bit of grin in the voice and the sound of Joe Burrow. Talking to Brandon as he was going out to kick, he gave a little warm-up swing, and he said, ah, looks like we're going to the AFC Championship right before he went out there to kick it. Now, the only thing missing is red-tinted glasses and a giant stogie while he says it. Pretty good, though. And so. all, all those people making fun of the Bengals for drafting a kicker. And what does he do? He goes in. <laughs> they go on social media. This is why you, you pick a kicker. Well, he's the first uh, NFL like kicker. Nine for nine at 50-plus. Yeah, well, and he's, uh, in, he's the first kicker in uh, the NFL in the past 30-plus years uh, to score 14-plus points in back-to-back playoff games. Mm. So I think that pick was worth it. I think so. Do we have a little music here? All right. I should probably turn it on. There we go. It's all right. Crank it up. All right. This is coming to Pinnacle Bank Arena. And uh, your chance to go see your friends, uh, courtesy of, of ESPN Lincoln and Hale Varsity Ghost and Volbeat. Uh, Collar what? Four? Let's, say, let's go three. Caller four, three? Four. Four, four works. Caller four. You want to go see Ghost and Volbeat. The pride P- of uh, Copenhagen. PBA, man. They are coming to town. And uh, your chance to see a pair right now. Ghost and Volbeat, February 4th at PBA. Caller four. Right now, 466-3776-466-3776 or 800-825-5865. We have a pair uh, all week long to give you, so we'll give you another pair for Ghost and Volbeat tomorrow and uh, throughout the week. On the program tomorrow, uh, we'll check in with Blair Kirkhoff from the Kansas City Star. Looking ahead to Cincy and Kansas City. Mitch Sherman will be with us, and then a Tuesday with Kaz. And uh, excited for that. Thursday, on the road, Pinnacle Bank Arena uh, is where you have a doubleheader in Nebraska basketball. We're at the single barrel, 4-6 to Thursday. So put that on your calendar. Talk to you tomorrow at 4 on Hale Varsity. Thanks. A Huda Media Production.